let's stop your dreaming. Can't you see their spear points gleaming? See their warrior pennant streaming to this battlefield. I'm so frightened sometimes. What do you mean you're so frightened sometimes? Why? What are you frightened of? I'm so happy. Platonic love all my life. They know what I say. Fuck Plato! He was my north, my south, my east and west, my working week and my Sunday rest, my noon, my midnight, my talk, my song. I thought that love would last forever. I was wrong. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers, for he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother, be he ne'er so base. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Go and talk to Sister Cloda. She brought you here, she can get you back again. Sister Cloda, Sister Cloda! Do you know what she says about you? Well, whatever she said, it was true. You said that because you love her! I don't love anyone! You must behave or endeavor to do so. Must! Must! Whose must is this? Your must or my must? Don't you want to be happy? If I'm left alone, I am happy. I don't need you pushing in. I'm not pushing in. I'm just trying to be friendly. I envy you your power. What's it like to have such power at your fingertips? Oh, it makes you feel fairly good. I'm not prepared to be exploited. Exploited? You're not prepared to work, full stop. Always resignation and acceptance. Always prudence and honor and duty. Eleanor, where is your heart? She's crazy about you. You know that, I suppose. She doesn't know it herself yet. Don't hurt her, Joe. Don't ever hurt her.
Here to Here honor to the honor first 20, 20 movies, movies on for screen and country, Brendan and Jason. Thank you, Brendan, for uh, that introduction. No, that was me. I'm right beside you. Oh, yeah. Who's who's in the booth? Uh, Jerry. Jerry, thanks, Jerry. Jerry, is that you? Jerry. Uh, well, again. Oh, what was that, Jerry? Uh. I, I, think, I think he said it's cool. Oh, okay, cool. I thought he was saying fuck you. Thanks, Jerry. It's weird that um, he sounds like that because he's literally standing right behind us. Yeah, I know he's he's got he's got a bit of a speech impediment, but surprisingly, when you put echo on it, it all works out. So <laughs> exactly, and he sounds like me. Yeah, I know, I know. That's fuck. why we hired him. Fucking Jerry. So well, when you're sick, we can, you can fill in. Anyways, <laughs> Jesus, not for this silliness. Yeah, because our podcast is not silly. At no, all. not at We're all. Very We're very serious. serious. I am. I'm Brendan. And I'm Jason. As you heard uh, Jerry introduce us earlier. Absolutely. And this is for Scream. And country. But this is a very special episode. Now, normally, what do we do on this show, Jason? Normally, we'll we'll uh, go through the British Film Institute's top 100 movies uh, as of 1999. We'll roll some dice. We'll go through randomly. We'll watch a movie. We talk about it. And then you listen and get pleasure in your ear holes. And maybe your butthole. Maybe. We don't judge. But today, what we're going to do is we're going to reflect on the fact that we've already watched 20 movies. 20 movies! We're a fifth of the way through the list, Brendan. One slash five. One slash... No, that's one fifth. Uh, yeah, that is one fifth. And we've watched 20 movies, which is not the same thing. Imagine broken? if we watched 15 movies. And then I don't know what it would be. Uh, well, what, what's, what, uh, what's 15 it, times five? If we watched 90. 75 movies, then 15 would be one you, fifth of the way through. You are overly complicating this. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've had a lot of espresso. I can't help myself. Whoo! Uh, welcome to Earth! <laughs> we, we had our drunk episode with a bad movie. Now with all these good movies, I need to be jacked to the gills, brother! Uh, Hulk Hogan! Jason. We coming for you! Okay, thanks for ending it there. <laughs> <laughs> Jason's been straight up shooting uh, roids here right Woo! beside me. But, like you said, we are reflecting on the first 20 movies we've covered so far because it's nice, it's gonna, it's gonna time to look back a little bit. It's nice to have a little break, you know? A little break. And to look back and kind of get a sort of sense of where we are right now. And it's it's been interesting, you know, because like as a as a movie fan watching movies, I don't I don't live in movies like I used to in the same way. Like in the sense that you know, like you would get a DVD, you would watch the movie once, then you might watch it again with friends, and then you watch it with the commentaries. Especially if it's like a movie like I think the Fear and Loathing Criterion. There's like three separate commentaries, so I watched. The, I think I watched that movie four times one day, like. Maybe not one day, but over the course of a few days, I watched that movie like four times. Like, were you just as high as he was? Uh, uh, probably, but actually, no. Surprisingly, I wasn't. I was completely sober, uh, which is our, which is odd given you know our relationship. Yes, um, and our predilection for bath salts. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, you, doing this podcast has been interesting. Just really getting in and living in these movies and, and thinking about them more than I normally watch movies. And so we get to do this with this episode as well and let you guys kind of live in them a little bit and get reminded of all the fun stuff that we saw and all the tragedy. Yep. That is correct, sir. So that's why we're here. What I do want to say, though, is um, it's very interesting how we haven't really cracked the top ten at all yet. We've done one out one, of the top ten. which is Cass. And one that was 11, and one that was 18, and then anything past that is like late 20s and up. Wow. So, yeah, we haven't done 
almost yeah almost anything almost anything out of the top 20 really yeah uh which is interesting because that's gonna like definitely shake this whole shake the fabric of our rankings that's around. right i mean we've got there, there's still some heavy hitters to come yeah so well, but we've done some pretty good stuff so far and it's been an interesting selection we have an interesting cross-section of british society and i believe you have a song prepared jason so go right ahead British films are movies you love. British films are movies to love. They're financed by the Queen to honor her and her own. So watch a British film today. British film. Thanks, Jason. I didn't know you had something prepared, but you kept nudging me, and I was like, yeah. "Okay, fine. You get right. your song." I just, I, I have, I have to be heard. That's right. Well, speaking of what you just did, yeah, let's give it some awards. Yeah, uh, I know. Wait, uh, so I, we do, do. Can we have a awards theme song? <laughs> Go ahead. Are you ready? Yep. All right. <clears throat> awards, 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 awards. Perfect. So we're doing some awards. Yeah, and I know we said we would go in a certain order, but since uh, we got to hear your lovely singing voice tw- twice in a row, yeah. I think it's only right we start start with our award for Best Musical Moment. Best Musical Moment. Uh, uh, can we hear the nominees, Brendan? And the nominees are... This Sporting Life. Take my hand. Richard Harris singing about his life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Go-Between. We're fucking on the side. I don't remember the words. <laughs> they, they were also singing about their lives. Uh, the song battle from Zulu, which we heard at the top mm-hmm. of the episode. Uh, the Full Monty, I would say, if I had to pick a moment that stands as the nominee, it would be Hot Stuff! Doo-doo-doo. Or I Believe in Miracles! There's yeah. several. And of course, the end of the movie. Yeah, there yeah, are a there's lot. There's so many. This, you, might, you might almost say that movie has music in it. Yes. <laughs> but the winner... Can I have the envelope, please? Oh my god, these things are so hard to open. Yeah, it's only the first category. The it's winner is... La La Land! Uh, whoa! Hey! Oh, hey, no, no. It's... It's not? Uh, oh, actually, the winner is... Um, I made a mistake. Uh, I was in Dick Tracy. Um, the winner is... Uh, it is the Zulu Song Battle! From Zulu! That I mean, that is one of the great musical performances. It sends chills when I see it. It's crazy. It's, it's so cool, and it's, it, it's completely fictional. Completely fictional. <laughs> Let's remember but, that. But a great moment. Uh, a, a very uh, a great like you know film moment. A great oh, movie man. moment. Now again, again, completely fictional, and and also uh, has some some very. Not great political implications of what that's trying to say, but in the moment, just as a moment, it is fucking cool. Yeah, it's like it's it's a thing where you could forget all of Zulu, you would never forget that part. Yeah, I, I think it would be etched in your in your mind, just kind of like how you could watch uh, Casablanca, you might forget the whole thing, but you'd always remember like play it again, Sam, or something like that, or or yeah. like here's looking at you, kid. Exactly, like, it's one of those moments. Absolutely. Well, so next. C- congratulations to Zulu and all who were involved. You'll be receiving a check in the mail for one pound, six, and seven. And for those of you that are dead from Zulu, aka everyone that's not Michael Caine, yeah. sorry for your loss. Sorry for your loss. Now, let's go. We only have two nominees for this next category, Jason. Yes. This is for Best Animal Performance. Can we hear the nominees? The nominees are Kess in Kess. 
Mm-hmm. It was a very birdie performance. And then also, uh, the horse in Henry V. That was a very birdie performance. Uh, the horse in Henry V onto which a knight is lowered by a crane. And the winner of the best animal performance is... Kess. Oh, of course. <laughs> Congratulations, Kess. Uh, Kess lived and died in the course of that movie. And we loved every second of his existence. Or her. I'm not exactly sure. You were a poet. They didn't sex the bird in the movie, as far as I remember. No, I don't believe there was a scene where anybody tried to fuck the bird. Where, where, well, no, not 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 fuck the bird, oh, Brendan. To yeah. sex it, oh, like yeah, you yeah, would yeah. sex a chicken. Yeah, that's what I meant. You pick the bird up and look at its ass and try to figure it out. Uh, try to figure it out? Yeah, well, whatever works for you. <laughs> However you need to figure out the gender of that bird. Well, speak- and you know what? Maybe that bird's gender isn't its birth gender. We, don't, we haven't been able to ask it. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of weird sex stuff, sure. our next award is for most uncomfortable sex scene. And I, uh, there's really no other nominee except for this one moment. The winner is the fish hook scene in The English Patient, not the fish hook scene in Darling. No, no, the fish hook scene in Darling was, was hot. Yeah. In English Patient, I mean, the whole movie was, was a wash, so that was like the most entertaining moment, but also the most uncomfortable moment in the film. <laughs> Ray finds fish hooking uh, Chris and Scott Thomas. Oh, uh, were they fucking in a cave, or was it in the... No, this, no, no, it wasn't like that. That was when she was dying. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> She's like, I can't breathe. Here, darling, enjoy my fingers in your mouth. Just one more time, just for old time's sake. No, it's when they're fucking, like, basically ten feet away from Colin Firth. Right, right. Isn't Colin Firth gay? No. I mean, I don't mean to... In the, the actor? Might think, yeah, is he? I don't, I don't know. I'm thinking of Rupert Everett, never mind. Yeah, you are. Well, spe- uh, speaking again of weird sex stuff, Jason. Yeah. This is our very special award. It is the Sean Connery It Was a Different Time Award. Yes, and and we'll we'll keep this one around as it if it's necessary, uh, yeah. and I'm sure it will be. I don't know what you're talking about. So in our next our next recap episodes, you'll expect another winner of this, but with uh, twelve nominees, with twelve nominees. But uh, for this specific run of films, the, <gasps> the winner is the Sean Connery. It was a different time award goes to, of course, the barn scene in Goldfinger. <gasps> Now, uh, if you remember, you mean the rape scene? The, basically, the, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, are, are, is that where they're doing judo and then it turns into sex? Yeah, and she's not really into it, but she goes for it. But they do that '60s movie thing of like, "Oh, he won me over." Yeah, yeah, and I mean, oh. it's pretty clear. Like, I mean, obviously, we're looking at this from a, a 2019 lens, but if you'll remember, it's pretty clear that that Pussy Galore is a lesbian. Yeah. And she still gets raped by Sean Connery, but then eventually gets into it. So it's all right, I guess. <laughs> Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's not how it works. No, that's not right. Well, congratulations, Goldfinger and Sean Connery. I'm sure you'll be on the list again. I don't know if we should say congratulations. <laughs> we, still have, we still have Dr. No. Isn't that come. what they were going for? It's like this scene, this is going to be so out of sync in the future. Yeah. I think what's going to happen is uh, Sean Connery could win it twice. We have Dr. No coming That's true. Well, I don't remember Dr. No very well, but we'll have to see it. Well, Jason, I leave this to you, sir, because ah. there was a lot of uh, great, crazy uh, lines in the movies we've done. Mm-hmm. And I know you have a lot of favorites. I've got some favorites here. Just let me pull them up. Uh... So as you are pulling those up, as well as the tent on your pants Ooh, um i will I just filibuster and say that uh this is a beautiful a beautiful arena we're in tonight All the right. lights are shining bright the mausoleum has a uh wow the mausoleum's really done up tonight it looks beautiful Alec Guinness is out there waving. Hey, Alec Guinness. That's where we keep all of our all of our dead celebrities. Yeah, when we haul them out for the oh. intros to the podcast. Oh, Richard Richard Harris has uh, 
Uh, I was going to say Julie Christie. She's not dead. No. R- Richard Harris has uh, Simone Signore in a headlock. Yeah, he's wearing a double door robe. That's weird they buried him in that. Uh, wait a second. They didn't bury him in that. How did he get that? <laughs> oh, no. Somebody checked the grave of the, the other double door. <laughs> wait, I think he's still alive. Yeah, Michael Gambaugh is still alive. Okay. All right. So that now that we've established that Michael Gambaugh is, in fact, still alive. Is he? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. So um, here's some some of the lines that I remember. Uh, you know, we've watched a lot of movies, and there's some good lines that stick out. I just want to re- recount a few of them, and Brendan might pick one, or we'll see. So, I'll try to think of some. So The Go-Between, which is not my favorite movie on this list, but I really like when the movie opens up, it says uh, the line, the narrator, who I believe is an old, is the kid? Is the kid who's old? Yes. Yeah. The old version of the kid, he says, the past is a foreign country. They do things differently there. And I just thought that's a fun, that's an interesting way to look at it. Like, you know, the, the it's just, it's like, it, yeah, it's like a whole other world. <laughs> the past, the past. Is, the past is like a foreign country. I'm going to go blow it up for no reason. Uh, okay. Uh, so I like that one. Um, <laughs> one of the more depressing lines in this entire run, uh, from this sporting life as the, uh, landlady whom Richard Harris has been fucking lies dying after she has like a cerebral hemorrhage and he comes to the hospital, the doctor looks at her and then looks at him and says, she doesn't have the strength. And I doubt she even has the will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. It's a very curt way of saying very she's Very curt dead. way of saying she's dying and she doesn't want to live. Yeah. So this is probably your fault. Let's go have a drink. This is your fault, Dumbledore. This is your fault, Dumbledore. Exactly. <laughs> Can't cast a spell to get out of this one. But um, uh, And we have Darling. Darling, this is one of these like Oscar Wildean kind of things that I thought just a very witty line from our friend Lawrence Harvey as Max Brand. Miles Brand. Miles Brand. Not Max Brandis. Miles Brand. I just went with it. And there's, there is no person named Max Brand. There's a guy named Max Landis. In the world? Maybe there is. I don't know. But anyways, we're not talking about them. We're talking yeah. about Darling. And the line uh, that Lawrence Harvey has that I really enjoy is he says, A man of few words, and all of them long. <laughs> that's a very, that's a sort of a dinner party one. And then we go to Kess, our highest rated movie by the BFI. Yes, number seven. Uh, number seven on the list. Uh, it's it, To be fair, most of that movie's hard to make out, so the fact that I was able to find any line in there that I could pick out as a favorite was, was really impressive on my part, do so the, you should praise me for that. I will praise you. Now Thank do the you. accent. Yuck-sha. <laughs> Perfect. His, his mom, at one point, he's, he's kind of... He's, all amped up and his mom says running around like a Scotsman with no arms I, mean, I can do that in Yorkshire accent Yorkshire running around like a Scotsman with no arms that's awful running around with a Scot- like a Scotsman with no arms I just I like that image of yeah. a Scotsman with no arms because you're just imagining yourself with no I imagine arms. myself running around and being like oh Lottie where'd my arms go <laughs> I don't have no arms no more I'm giving it all I can Captain. I'm giving it all I can um, so of course Goldfinger I mean you heard it in the opening I mean, it's iconic across the line. You know, it's like, uh, do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. But it's, again, we mentioned the kind of the Mandela effect is that the line is the same. Like, yeah. the, the, it's not different, but it's said a lot differently than people yeah, it, remember it, it. It's much more like kind of off the cuff and flippant on, on Goldfinger's part. He's not very dramatic. It's, not, it's like, we always think of it, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. No, it's just like, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. And I think that's just the whole, like, telephone game yeah, over the years. You know exactly. I mean? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And also all the parodies done of it over the years, and yeah. you know, um, uh, this one is important because it's it's uh, pretty much the whole thesis of the movie wrapped up in one line. At the very end of A Clockwork Orange, when Alex looks at the camera and goes, "I was cured, all right," 
Like, that's basically, like, the whole thrust of that movie, the whole tone of that movie. Everything in that movie boiled down into this guy just sarcastically being like, I was cured, all right. <laughs> I do like that line as well. Yeah, it's a very I, good I, um, I guess I want to point out one for the, from The Madness of King George. Sure, yes, please. Where uh, the, the doctor is kind of interrogating... Uh, Ian Holm is kind of interrogating Nigel Hawthorne, like King yep. George, and he says, and Nigel Hawthorne says, I have you in my eye, and he's like, no, sir, I have you in mine. And it's a very, like, mm-hmm. I'm in control of this situation. No, 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 not anymore. He's, I'm not putting up with your royal bullshit. Like, he's basically verbally treating the king like a dog. Yeah. But he needs to, because that's how his technique works. It's the only way he can, because yeah. the king is so used to being treated like yeah. that, it's it's going to disrupt him and hopefully, you know, help. Yeah, it, it, it's hard enough to treat, like, imagine that situation, it's hard enough to treat a, a mentally ill person who's not, like, actually royalty and actually has the power to, you know, wipe out whole nations if they so choose, and then and then to all of a sudden have this guy come in and be like, no, I'm running the show now. That's, that's tough. That's right. That's um, some tough shit. I also like, uh, <clears throat> I don't remember the exact line, but I also like in Zulu whenever Michael Caine and Stanley Baker are having their arguments about uh, about their experience with, mm-hmm. with each other, and yeah. it just that those li- those those scenes are great, yeah. and, and they have there's plenty of great lines. Oh, there. when they're arguing about their commission date and whose commission date is earlier. Yeah, 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 and then and then Michael Caine says something like, "Well, there's there's nothing there's nothing to say about experience or something like yeah. that." <laughs> Um, and of course, you know, there's so many good lines from, uh, uh J- Jane Horrocks in Life is Sweet. Oh yeah, she's I wonderful. mean, all that, that's racist! That's racist! And all that. I all don't that fancy stuff. being exploited! Yeah. <laughs> exploited? You're not prepared to work, full stop. That's, I heard that at the beginning of our show. Yeah, isn't that weird? That is weird. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any more? Uh, i got a few here. Um, okay. I'm going to save my, my nominee for the one at the end, but I've got a few from, uh, Bridge on the River Kwai, because Bridge on the River Kwai has some great lines. Um, so I, I love when Colonel Sido's talking about the, he's like so frustrated with them. And he says, I hate the British. You were defeated, but you have no shame. You were stubborn, but you have no pride. You endure, but you have no cure, courage. I hate the British. He's just so frustrated with them. They, you just can't, they're so damn stubborn. You just can't get through to them to make them basically slaves. And, and, and it's a very, like, uh, opposite philosophy of the Japanese. Yes, absolutely. And, of course, I, I, I this line I like because if you've ever seen Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country... And I know you all have. And you all have. And if you haven't, you should. There's a scene after uh, uh, Kirk and McCoy are, are, ki- are captured and taken to the Klingon prison planet of Urapente. And, uh, the, Jason, the, we didn't do this movie. No, we didn't. But okay. the, the, the Klingon um, the Klingon warden, essentially, played by the, the late, great William Shepard, mm-hmm. William Morgan Shepard, whom all you sci-fi fans will remember, he gets up and he talks about, like, uh, 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 there's no escape, because it's it's like a it's like an ice planet, you know, and then Hoth. work well and you will... No, it's not Hoth. It's, it's uh, Urapente. You said Star Trek, though. Uh, <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> And he says something like, uh, work well and you will be treated well. Work badly and you will die. And I always love that bit. And I feel like that was inspired by Colonel Saito, who says, um, who, when he's given the speech to them, he says, A word to you about escape. There is no barbed wire, no stockade, no watchtower. They are not necessary. We are an island in the jungle. Escape is impossible. You would die. Like, that's such a great, like, yep, you, you, what are you going to do? You, we don't need a fence. And then, of course, uh, Colonel Nicholson, I like this bit, too, where he goes, uh, uh, w- One day the war will be over, and I hope that the people that use this bridge in the years to come will remember how it was built and who built it. Not a gang of slaves, but soldiers. British soldiers, Clifton, even in captivity. 
And that's his biggest, like, uh, hu- hubris. That's his hubris. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is that he wants to be like, even though the fact that he had to, be, you know, build these for the enemy, he's like, I want to be known as the ones who did it. Yes. And then finally, we have a couple from Zulu, because one of them, I think, is, is my favorite quote of okay. the whole thing we've seen. But I also want to mention this one. So, Are you going to sing the entire Men of Herlock song? So, yeah, well, well, so because of that, I think that Color Sergeant Bourne is my favorite character in the entire films that we've watched. And we don't see that much of him, but there's just something about him that I love. And at one point, uh, after one of the battles they have, uh, the sergeant says, It's a miracle. And Chard, who's there, he says, If it's a miracle, color sergeant, it's a short chamber boxer Henry .45 caliber miracle. And a bayonet, sir, with some guts behind. (laughs) Fucking right. But this is the thing. This is the moment that that, that just gets me every time. This is the moment that gets me every time. And, and, you know, these men, they're put in this situation. They're fighting these Zulu. They made none of the political decisions. They're just soldiers. They get sent where they're sent, and they do what they do. And they're, they're there, and they've, they've survived some attacks, and it's very rough. And one of, the, one of the men, Private Cole, he's talking to Bourne. And he says, why is it us? Why us? And Color Sergeant Bourne just kind of glances at him and says, because we're here, lad. Nobody else. Just us. Fucking just, just like we're soldiers. That's our job. We're here. Kind we're of sums do up it. the politics of the movie. Exactly. Too, is that yeah. They don't really take a huge stance. No, exactly. Well, they they can't. They're soldiers. That's yeah. not their job. No, their I, job I, is to do what they're. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like the movie doesn't oh, take yeah. a huge stance either. Well, the movie. Well, the movie does take a bit of a stance because it was bit. pretty progressive for the '60s. That's what I mean. Like, like it's not. It's not uh, what you would expect yeah, it to be. It's not just a, a condescending colonial romp. Yes. In a lot of ways, like, uh, that's coming later. But yeah, that's that's my nominee for best line uh, because we're it's here. Your winner, you mean? Yeah, because okay. we're here, lad. Nobody else, just us. So the winner is that line that Jason Zulu, just said. baby. Yeah, most nominees I think we've had. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a hard category. It's it a lot is. Of, and there's you know what? To be fair, there's probably lots of great lines that we didn't even talk about. So that is true. Um, okay, well, this next one in no nominees. I'm just gonna just gonna award it to. Uh, so for most blatant racism, most blatant racism, and there's a couple of uh, a couple of examples. We uh, haven't done carry on yet. I'm sure that's just gonna. Yeah, sweep I'm just trying to time. think like specifically. Other than what we picked, what else was there? Was there anything that stood out? I mean, there's another one from this movie. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Well, well, well. Yeah. I mean, we could say that. Um, Gene Simmons from not the singer from uh, Black Narcissus, yeah, because she's you know she's straight up wearing brown face. Yeah, they browned up a girl, but also she didn't really do much of that movie either. So. She didn't. However, the winner, the winner by far, also from Black Narcissus, from Black Narcissus, Esma Knight doing the most cartoonish. Not yeah. since the days of Apu. Yeah, yeah. Have we well, seen no, more? Apu seems like like the most positive, sensitive portrayal in comparison Apu to this guy. Is Ben Kingsley as Gandhi <coughs> compared to this one? Yeah. Oh no. I mean, this is. Uh, yeah. He's. I mean, he's he's. If, if you can take the racist part out of it, he's kind of funny, but like it, it, it feels so out of place in this movie. Yeah, it's too. a hard thing to get past. Exactly. Like, yeah, because the rest of the movie isn't like that. Yeah, there's not really even even the the young um, the young general. Isn't th- he has a few comedy moments, but not like well, like and the young cartoonish like that. It's played by an actual person yeah, of played, color. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, no, he's way over the top and way cartoonish, and and it mars an otherwise pretty beautiful film. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's an ugly part of that movie. You're better off watching Edmund in uh, Henry V. He's much less racist in that movie. Esmond. Esmond. Sorry, yes. Esmond. Yes. What's our next category, Jason? I believe it's for most British performance. It is British performance, absolutely. And we, we kind of don't really have nominees, but I know there's two kind of uh, performances you wanted to mention in addition. Yeah. In Room at the Top, 
we've got two super British performances. Uh, we have Jack, the the asshole uh, suitor to Susan. Yeah, one of who, them is Alan Cuthbertson, who is yeah. Uh, well, no, that's that's George. Okay. Yeah, uh, and Alan Cuthbertson as George, uh, the uh, husband of our main actress Simone. John Westbrook as Jack. And John Westbrook as Jack. Both are incredibly British. Just and and in the and in the most condescending and awful ways, like they're like George is George is a shithead who's fucking around. His wife won't divorce her, and Jack is like shitting on um, on uh, Lampton's military service because he got captured and then didn't escape. Yeah, just being a real shit about it. But to be fair, like we can't give it to anybody that has appeared in any of these films except for Alec Guinness in Bridge on the River Kwai. The uh, bar none most British performance, and may very well be the most British performance on our entire list by the time we're done. Because mm. you can you can because in Lawrence of Arabia, is it a British performance or is uh, it a racist well, performance? Well, no, he he's in brownface for the most of well all of that movie. It's not like he comes out of brownface and goes, "Yes, I was just pretending to be an Adam." <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he's he's so British, and he's so British because his attitude. It's, it's not just the things he says and the way he says them. It's the attitude. It's this, you know, he's adhering to these higher ideals while maybe sacrificing the practical situation to adhere to those ideals. Like, I mean, he ends up getting locked in a fucking steel box uh, to maintain his principles. You know, uh, lesser men certainly would have given in. And it's an, and it's an idealization of this British character in this movie because in the book, as we discussed in the episode, Nicholson is a much more of a, like a satirical character. He's cut the, uh, uh, Pierre Boulle is like making fun of that type of officer. And, um, he, and Guinness also had a lot of, uh, arguments with David Lean about that too. Yeah. He wanted to play it like that. He wanted to play it more buffoonish. Yeah. We yeah. talked, we, uh, we, I mean, yes. yes, that episode was a long time ago. Yes, we, it was. Did, we did, we did talk about that, uh, when we talked about Bridge on the River Kwai, but yes, he wanted to do it a lot more comedically, sort of. Mm. Yeah, and I guess Lean didn't want that. Lean no. wanted to make like a, I think a British film about honestly, British men. Probably the better choice. Yeah, and, and and it's partly why that film's so memorable is that he's just Nicholson is just so single-mindedly devoted to getting that bridge done and to maintaining his British ideals. Yep. So congratulations, Alec Guinness, at another award to your shelf. Uh, so this award again I'm not going to list any nominees because there was a lot of great cinematography oh, yeah. in these movies but the best cinematography I think we we agreed yeah. was in Black Narcissus god damn what a beautiful movie and such a fucking just for the 40s too like they really advanced great combination of real locations and matte paintings yes beautiful matte paintings too beautiful matte paintings and such great shot composition a lot of times and yeah it's just it's all so very good yeah for sure well, Jason, we're coming up to the, to the biggies here. Yes. So we've got our next award is for Best Director. Best Director. And who are... Would you like to read the nominees? Yes, absolutely. So we've got Ang Lee for Sense and Sensibility. we got Stanley Kubrick for A Clockwork Orange. we got Powell and Pressburger for Black Narcissist. we got Laurence Olivier for Henry V. we got Mike Lee for Life is Sweet. Uh, we got David Lean for both uh, uh, Bridge on the River Kwai and Zhivago, because they're both on the list, and he's a great director. And our friend Cy Enfield for Zulu. And the winner is... Brendan, tell us the winner. Me? Yes. The winner is... Mr. Stanley Kubrick. Woo! Honestly, this could have gone to uh, a lot of different people, but... It could have gone to any of them. I mean, Clockwork is very obviously Stanley Kubrick directed this movie yeah. like it's the most like you know yeah and i could watch that movie over and over and over again and never get tired of it and i have 
It's great. I even saw it in the theater. I think I mentioned in the episode. I've seen it on the big screen. When it was released. Yeah, I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> Back in 1932. But apparently I'm a grandfather because I'm 35, as we learned from Room at the Top. Yes, you are. I'm so old. Yes. <laughs> Our next one is for Best Supporting Actress. Yes, and we had a number of some really good, some ladies in here that did some fine, fine work. Well, first up we have, we, so our nominees are... Here we go. Hermione Baddeley from Room at the Top, mm-hmm. their two and a half minute uh, performance. Absolutely. Uh, Kathleen Byron for Black Narcissus. Damn uh, straight. Kathleen Byron as Cloda, of course. Uh, Jane Horrocks for Life is Sweet, playing... I forget a fucking... Nicola. Name. Nicola. Uh, Kate Winslet for Sense and Sensibility. One of her first roles ever. Mm-hmm. Honor Blackman for Goldfinger. Kind of a dark horse there. Yes. And Rachel Roberts for This Sporting Life. As the landlady. And Jason, who is the winner of Best Supporting Actress? And the Actress? winner of Best Supporting Actress is... Jane Horrocks from Life is Sweet as Nicola. That's racist! Oh, okay. okay, apparently she doesn't want it. She has a very high, very unique voice, but her performance is so, like, real. She just movie. denied her award, but you're going to get anyway. Well, yeah, she's going to get anyways. <laughs> I'm not happy about being exploited for award ceremonies. Oh, Jesus, Jane. She's still in character. <laughs> she is crazy. She, she never left it. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, she's smearing chocolate sauce on her chest again. Oh, no. Uh, Jerry, Jerry, I know you're uh, you're also security and butler and in the booth, but can you take care of this? I'm no, I didn't say... Right. No, Jerry, I didn't say I'm lick it off her. Jerry... Oh, okay, well, they're doing stuff now. Well, he, at least she's quiet. All right, what, what's our next category, but, Jason? Uh, yes, to Jane Horrocks. But that was close, too, because we also, like, Kathleen Byron yeah. was very much in the conversation there. But Kathleen Byron, I think, that was our... We almost gave it to Kathleen Byron. But everybody close. else on this list, all great, because we wouldn't have nominated them if they weren't. Ultimately, Jane Horrocks' character was just a little more, I think, to it. Yep. So I think that's how she came away with that. Absolutely. So now we move on to Best Supporting Actor. And who are the nominees? And another fine, fine list of gentlemen. We got Dr. Hang S. Noor for The Killing Fields. Mm-hmm. I know all there is to know about The, the Killing, Killing Fields. fields. Uh, we got uh, Michael Caine for Zulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Alan Rickman for Sense and Sensibility. Of course. Ian Holm for The Madness of King George. Mm-hmm. We got Sasui Hawakawa. Hayakawa for Bridge on the River Kwai. Right. We got Mark Addy for, for The Full Monty. Dark Horse. Also Tom Wilkinson for The Full Monty, and briefly in Sense and Sensibility, but mainly I mean, for The Full Monty. it's for The Full Monty. <laughs> um, we got uh, Naveen Andrews from The English Patient, one of the bright spots in that fucking terrible mess of a movie. Uh, we got, uh, and of course, Alan Cuthbertson, our evil George, uh, from Room at the Top. Okay. And Brendan, who is the winner of our Best Supporting Actor? Our winner, and I think this was pretty easy to determine... Yeah. It, despite the great performances listed, was Sesu Hayakawa from Bridge on the River Kwai. Fucking so good. Like, and and so, such a forward-thinking performance in that not casting him necessarily into the wartime propaganda role, you know, of, of a Japanese commandant. Like, they could have, they could have easily Mickey Rooney'd this role and, you know, <laughs> put, like, thick glasses on him and big buck teeth and really, like, went all out. But no, they, they hired a guy... Who was a damn good actor, and and it was able to really bring something to this performance as as a man. We respect this guy as a man. Surprisingly, David Lee didn't do that because, as we know from his other movies, he doesn't shy away from doing that. No, absolutely not. <laughs> 
No, he was he was lucky that he had such a good actor who could uh, who could oh, handle that. He's role. great and 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 crazy like about his backstory and everything. How he was like a silent film star that like came out of retirement for this. And, yep, absolutely. Uh, was he nominated for? I'm pretty sure he was nominated for an Oscar, right? I think so. Oh, I, I or maybe like there was maybe there was outrage because he wasn't. I forget. This episode was a long time ago. Yeah. We recorded that uh, three years ago. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, probably three and a half, maybe. Um, okay. But uh, our next category, we are getting up to. The, we're getting the last two here, Jason, yep. and then we're going to reveal our rankings. Ooh. So our next cat, our next award is for lead actress, mm. and the nominees are Emma Thompson from Sense and Sensibility, who also wrote it. Allison Stedman from Life is Sweet. She plays the mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, Simone Signore from Room at the Top, yep. Oscar winner. Julie Christie for Darling, mm-hmm. also an Oscar winner. And Helen Mirren for The Madness of King George. And here is the envelope, Jason. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lick this one open. Drum roll. And the winner of the lead actress of the 20 films we've seen so far is Julie Christie for uh, Darling. Yeah, of course it is. We love Julie Christie. And also, you know, the go-between and uh, uh, Javago. She's certainly. also great in those, but I think Darling is her... Darling is her movie, and yeah. she fucking kills it. And we respect her, we salute her, as we do. All the lead actresses. Congratulations. Yay. Yeah, Julie Christie's wonderful. You are our And we lady. still have more Julie Christie's to go. Absolutely. Woo! Three more, I think. All right, and then now we move on to the lead actor. Best lead actor. And who are our nominees, Jason? Our nominees are, we have Daniel Day-Lewis from My Left Foot. History's Greatest Monster. History's Greatest Monster. In the running, we've got Stanley Baker, my man, from Zulu. We got Alec Guinness, of course, from Bridge on the River Kwai. We got Malcolm McDowell for Wing Commander 4, The Price of Freedom. Wait, oh, I'm, uh, I'm checking my notes. Actually, it's for A Clockwork Orange. Okay. Uh, and Nigel Hawthorne for his portrayal of King George in The Madness of King George. And the winner is, from my left foot, Daniel Day-Lewis, History's Greatest Monster, as you like to say. But Daniel you need to know. You need to know one thing, Brendan. Yeah, well, I don't know. What do, you, what do I need to know? <laughs> It's me, Daniel Day. God damn it! I've been here this whole time. God damn it! Has Jason been on any episode? Well, I'm not sure what happened to him. Uh, I haven't seen him in a few weeks, but uh, you might want to check in your back room. <sighs> but I'll take this award in person. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, be sure to look for my next movie, Phantom Thread, on DVD and VHS. Your next wherever movie. you find films. <laughs> Isn't it out yet? It's so, been so out for a long time. Well, look, I, I don't have a clear concept of time. I'm history's greatest monster. But I'm out. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, okay. Well, i got to find Jason. J- Jason, where are you? Oh. Yes? I've been stuck in your coffee table for the last eight weeks. Okay, Jason, that is the second time I've been tricked by uh, Daley Lewis. Uh, I how hate many, him. I hate him so much. How many movies did we watch together? Oh no, I heard all the movies that you watched because I was in your table, so I did hear so them. So you haven't been on any episode yet? No, no, but I've heard I've heard all the movies you watched for this podcast, and I heard all the What Were They Thinking movies, and now I'm really sad because it was so bad. Well, you know what? <sighs> you know what's going to solve this? What? A Spanish Flea.
now just, I'm rock hard, Brendan. We took a break. We watched every single movie. <sighs> we and, and like again, yeah. Daniel Day Lewis had your exact opinions. Yeah, he was, he's that good an actor. It seems he's he's just got you down. I'm not even mad at him. He's that good. Well, I mean, you kind of are a little mad. Well, thankfully, I was listening inside, so I know where we are in this episode. I did think it was weird that I mean, I had to cut it, but I, I did have to cut out like very like light murmurs of like I agree. Yeah, I mean, I would have thought that maybe you would have thought that that was me and checked, but you never did, so... Well, I wasn't concerned. <laughs> of course you weren't. Well, why would you be? Because Daniel Day-Lewis was here pretending to be me. He, I mean, he, <sighs> he nailed it. He had the, like, Mission Impossible 2 mask thing I going know. It, it, it was like he was like he was in face-off. Yes. He didn't give me his face, which would have been sweet. I could have been Daniel Day-Lewis no, you for just, a week. No, you just had a bloody yeah. <laughs> uh, head with no face. That's right. But let's move on. Let's get this done, and then I can get back to my life. My, my wife's probably wondering, or my wife-to-be, I should say. Yes. <laughs> she will be my wife. Probably wondering where I am. Oh, I hope they knew they listed go home to her. Oh, God, I hope he didn't fuck her. Oh, <laughs> man, I'm going to be so... Oh, it's like it's like if you fuck on E, you then you won't be able to fuck anymore because it's too good. I'm never going to be able to live up to history's greatest monster's He's penis. History's, <laughs> history's greatest monster's penis. History's greatest monster penis. Well, I mean, he, I mean, he is history's greatest monster, and he does have a history's greatest monster penis. I know, because he knocked me out with it. That's how he got me in the fucking table in the first place. That makes sense. God damn it, I hate that guy. This is you, though, right? This is me, for okay. reals. Okay. I'm going to check my neck. Yep, no, it's all skin. Okay. <laughs> and now we're going to take a brief commercial break. Jason. Yeah, Brendan. Podcoin. I've heard of it. Have you? I mean, you've told me about it. I have. Yes. Why and... don't we tell these fine folks about it? Well, I'll tell these fine folks about it. It is an app. It is. On the App Store. I see. Or, you know, on your uh, Android phone. You could probably sideload it if you wanted to. Well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it is an app that, uh, it is a podcatcher app, much like iTunes or, you know, all those other ones. But what it allows you to do is it actually allows you to listen to podcasts and, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, get paid. Paid? Paid to what listen do you to podcasts. You get pod coins mm-hmm. and with those pod coins you can exchange them for gift cards from like starbucks amazon uh or you can uh you can donate to uh charity if you're that sort of a uh, nice chap charitable uh impulses are good yes and if you can earn some charitable money from listening to podcasts that's a pretty sweet deal exactly and like any podcast is on there we're on there like that's all that matters though yeah. just listen to us there's us there's probably old episodes of the ricky jervis podcast and that's it and here's the thing. If you listen to our podcast, you actually get, instead of just getting uh, at the normal rate, you actually get one and a half times the normal rate of pod coins. Are you shitting me? Just from listening to our just show. Just from ours? Yeah. Wow. And, and Jason, if you sign up today, or if you've already signed up, you can also do this if you haven't entered a promo code yet. You can enter the promo code SCREENPOD. Mm. That's S-C-R-E-E-N-P-O-D. And you enter that and you will get... 300 bonus pod coins just to start. So 300 bonus coins, and by listening to us, you get one and a half times the amount of coins. Right. What What a deal. What a deal. If you're listening to us on another app right now, uh, go to PodCoin. Because you're getting paid nothing for doing this. Yeah. You think the Joe Podcatcher gives you any uh, pod coins? They don't give me nothing. They don't. PodCoin is the way to go, folks. Download the app. Enter our promo code. Again, it's ScreenPod. And listen to podcasts. Get paid. Get get free shit. Get paid for shit you do anyways. And now, back to the show. Well, Jason, those are the awards we've yes. given out. And now 
it is time to finally reveal the people have been waiting. Mm -hmm. The world is watching. The king is on his throne. The British guys in the gang are raping women. That's right. This is a terrible (laughs) thing to say. But everybody's waiting. They want to know what our ranking is. What our rankings are. Of the 20 movies that we've covered so far. Now, what I figured we would do is... Go back and forth. Okay. So we'll start at the bottom. Yep. I think we all know what we're going to say from right. the, for, for the get go. So number twenty. And uh, and then we, yeah, we'll put we'll put this whole thing together and see what happens. All right. You want to do it? Three, two, one. The English, English patient. patient. Okay. That yeah. is definitely the bottom of our list. A a fine, a perfectly serviceably made film that is not entertaining in the least to either of us. Correct. Number 19 for me is The Killing Fields. That would also be my number 19. A movie that everybody should see, but again, not the most entertaining film ever made. Uh, not not, uh, not a go-to. <laughs> not a go-between, which is my number 18 film. Also my number 18 film, yes. Uh, uh, a lovely looking film, but just not all that exciting. Number 17 for me is Henry V. Henry V. Interesting. My number 17 is Sens- Sensibility. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my number 16 is Black Narcissus. My number 16 is This Sporting Life. Huh. Number 15 for me is Darling. And number 15 for me is Black Narcissist. <laughs> Narcissist. Number 14 for me is Dr. Zhivago. Number 14 for me is Kess. Number 13 for me is This Sporting Life. Number 13 for me is Darling. Number 12 is Goldfinger. Number 12 for me is Room at the Top. Number 11 for me is Sense and Sensibility. Number 11 for me is Dr. Zhivago. Interesting. Number 10, Kess. Number 10, Henry V. Ooh, quite a big difference there. Yes, absolutely. Number 9, Room at the Top. Number 9, The Full Monty. Number 8, Zulu. Number 8, My Left Foot. Number 7, My Left Foot. Number 7, Four Weddings and a Funeral. (laughs) Number 6, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Number six, The Madness of King George. Holy shit. Number five, The Madness of King George. (laughs) Number five, Life is Sweet. Okay, thank God. Number four, yes, I have it at number four, people, The Full Monty. Number four, Goldfinger. Wow. Number three, Life is Sweet. Number three, Zulu. Number two, A Clockwork Orange. Number two, A Clockwork Orange. And my number one, one, two, three. Bridge, Bridge on, on the, the River, River Kwai, Kwai, bitches! I mean, that's that does not crazy. I mean, Bridge on the River Kwai is a fucking classic. And you know what? We're not so edgy that we're going to sit here and like pull out some like real hot take where it's like, yeah, man, Kess, man, I'd die for Kess. You I mean, it's a fine movie, but Kess died for me. <gasps> is it a Jesus allegory? <laughs> Did yeah. I miss that? No, Jim Caviezel wasn't in it. So. Oh, okay. Frequency. Uh, Do you like that movie? That's a good movie. Time travel and shit. Yeah, that's Through my a radio. That's my number seventeen. Jim Caviezel. I already said. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, those are our, those are our top twenty. So uh, some interesting uh, differences and some similarities. We yeah. have a little. We have quite a bit, a lot of similarities in our top. Uh, yeah, top and bottom. Like yeah. the, the the bottom three are the same, and the top two are the same. Yeah, but uh, you know, Henry V, quite a bit. What did you rank Zulu? Uh, Zulu was number eight for me. Number eight. See, I had that at three. Uh, yeah. Do we have any like major? I don't think we have any major like differences. Uh, Henry V was quite different. Henry V was my number ten. Eighteen or seventeen? Sorry. And it was your seventeen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then that has to do. I mean, yeah, I get it, but I love that movie's look oh, so much. I think Sense and Sensibility is quite a bit different too. Yeah, so I have that above the Go Between and below the Sporting Life. And I mean, I liked it fine. Yeah. 
I have it at 10, or 11, so. Alright, well, and Life is Sweet, you had pretty high, too, actually. Yeah, I had that number five, you had it number three, and understandable, because it's fucking great. Yeah. Well, I mean, those are the top 20. Jason, we've done it, we've gotten to this point. Yeah. Uh, perhaps we will combine these lists, perhaps not, maybe we'll just keep it as our own. Yeah, we can, I think next time what we'll do is we'll, we'll do what we did this time, but for the next 20 films, and then we can, once we're done this fucking thing for the last episode, we can put them all together and we can present our top 100 list to everybody in the planet. Like as a collective? Yeah. As one top 100 list? Well, that that would require some hammering out. Or two. We can uh, do two. Yeah. Fuck well, I mean, it. I feel like it would be better, because, I mean, imagine how much time it takes two of us to come up with 100 movies in an order we agree with. Exactly. I mean, we're pretty good for the top and bottom of this list, but who's I mean, to know what the next one will be I mean, like? we've already got some differences, and we're only a fifth of the way through That's this, right. so... But, Jason, that is that that was a festive evening. That was. And uh, we have to do something, though. Yeah. We have to find out what we're going to do next week. Because Absolutely. Ne- we're going to get back into the groove. We are starting our next batch of 20 movies. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be very interesting. We're gonna we're gonna, we're getting into sort of like potential re-roll territory here because right. we've already had to re-roll once. Absolutely. This and, morning life, we rolled it twice. Yeah, and I'm sure, I hope you enjoyed our second take on that film. It was good. It was good. It was another two hours of pure gold. Uh, I, I mean, I, I figured that like I found like the second time we watched it, though the movie was a lot more predictable. Mm. It was a lot funnier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It was a lot funnier because you uh, muted the TV. When I saw that spider, I just about shit myself. It was so funny. <laughs> no, it's it was a lot funnier because you muted the TV and played yakety sax. <laughs> we did the voices for the movie. <laughs> oh, look at me. I'm dying in a bed. Oh, oh was me. Oh, was me. <laughs> but yes, Jason, we are going to roll the dice. It's my roll, baby. All right, Brendan. It is your role. It's your responsibility to pick us a fresh film. Let me just pull the BFI list up here. Yes. So, what could it be? Could it be something in the top ten? Could it be something near the bottom of the list? Because we've done a few of those. We uh, And as much as I want to watch Lawrence of Arabia, it is a four-hour movie, so it's a bit of a double-edged sword. <laughs> double-edged sword's very dangerous. If we could take any, if you could take anything away from this podcast, kids, it's don't play with double-edged swords. Keep your sword single-edged for your safety and everybody else's. Only use a katana. You hear that? Oh, that's the sound of movie. <coughs> I coughed on the dice for him. You ready? Let's do this, baby. Are you willing? I'm willing. I'm able. I am. I am Clark fully Gable. expressed. Ready, willing, able, Clark Gable. Seventy. Or seven. No, it's... Oh, oh it's yeah. se- oh, seven! We can't do Kess again! <laughs> Reroll! Woo! 37? 30. You 30. suck 37 dicks on the way to the parking lot? Uh, did I already do that joke? <laughs> Local Hero! 1983's Local Hero! Directed by Bill Forsyth. Okay. Alright, so that's what we're gonna watch. Local Hero is going to be next week, folks. 1983... Bill Forsyth, I believe uh, a gentleman from Animal House is in that movie. Oh, yeah. which one? Let me see. Look at the cast. We got uh, Peter Rieger, Dennis Lawson, it's... Fulton McKay, and Burt Lancaster. It's this guy. Where's his fucking uh, the career there? Film. Uh, Boone. Okay, he was Boone in Animal House. There you go. There you go. So, local hero starring Boone from Animal House, <laughs> 1983. And Burt Lancaster. <laughs> Number 37. Uh, so yeah, that's gonna be next week as we start the next 20 films. All right. Second fifth of this podcast. Here we go. 
Jason, it's been a quite a ride. It's been a big ride. It's been a good ride. It's Going been a rough on. ride. Yeah. Because you like to ride rough. I do like a rough ride. I like a big boy. But that is going to do it. So, Jason, what I want to say before we go is you can find us on Twitter at BFI underscore pod. You can find you on Twitter. Find me on Twitter. I'm at Jason D. McLeod. That's M-A-C-L-E-O-D. And find us on all the po- well, some of the podcasters. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And, of course, Podbean at forscreenandcountry.podbean.com. We're also on the Facebook and just search for us on the Facebook. We're there for Screen and Country. And if uh, there's anybody that has contacts at Flashlight that would like to get us an advertising deal, let us know. Because nothing goes better with a British film than a flashlight that you can put your penis inside. That's our motto. That's our motto. <laughs> Guaranteed. So, with all that being said, Jason, God save the Queen. God save the screen. And for Screen and Country, I'm Brendan. And I'm Jason. And the award goes to... Alec Guinness. Now that's a name I've not heard in a long time. A long time. She came from Greece. She had a thirst for knowledge. She studied sculpture at St. Martin's College. That's where I <laughs> caught her eye. <laughs> she told me that her dad was loaded. I said, in that case, I'll have a rum and Coca-Cola. She said, fine. Then, in 30 seconds time, she said, I want to live like common people. I want to do whatever common people do. Want to sleep with common people. Oh, you want to sleep with common people like you. Oh, what else could I do? I said, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> I took her to a supermarket I don't know why But I had to start it somewhere So it started There I said pretend you got no money But she just laughed and said Oh you're so funny Hi everyone, I'm Ashley And I'm Justine And And we we make make up the Cutaways Podcast We're watching the good, the bad, and the essentials of the romantic comedy genre So far we've fallen in love with Cary Grant Met up with our terrible friend, pal Joey And had the desire to run our fingers through Patrick Dempsey's hair Join our slumber party for your ears every other week Brought to you in stereo from our blanket fort in Hollywood, California. You can find and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Our digital blanket fort can be found at thecutaways.com. If you are the social butterfly types, you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Cutaways Podcast. Bye! Hey, I heard you like movies. I heard you like to hustle. I heard you like podcasts. Well, guess what? There's a podcast for you out there called The Home Video Hustle. Damn right. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I put a bunch of movies in a bag, and PJ picks one out at random. And then we just watch it, and we talk about it for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Whatever we feel like doing, wherever the conversation leads us. But do we actually talk about the movie? Most of the time. Ah. 
tangents galore. Yes. So believe me, we may be a movie podcast, but it's not always about movies. We might talk about video games, mm-hmm. music. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the big one. Music. Uh, sometimes we might get a little bit of politicalness in there. Yes. Sometimes we may just. Oh, we know what we like to do. We like to tell stories, please. Yeah. Yes. I am the master storyteller <laughs> yes. of the podcast realm. <laughs> Undefeated. So if you like to hear about movies, video games, whatever foolishness comes to our mind, the most random stuff you can think of, check out the Home Video Hustle. You can find us on the Stitchers, yes, the Google Play, yes, Apple Podcasts, what else? Podbean, what else? Podcast Addict, goddamn, all that. Ain't no reason you can't get your hustle on. We everywhere, worldwide, baby. Hustle, motherfucking hustle. Hey, we can't cuss in the promo, PJ. Ah, we gotta be family friendly. There may be podcasts out there that don't want his hair to say. Ah. Yeah, that's good fun stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> f- you. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't, don't run the listeners away, Pete. Ah, I'm sorry. But this is going kind of long. Yes. So we'll end this and say, hey, check out the Home Video Hustle every Friday on all the various podcast outlets. Peace. Peace.